Here's a message from Ken Lavica. I saw it. You saw it. We all saw it together on national television last night. Two is hurt. We want him to get well soon, but I'm going to help you out with redirecting your anger and telling you who not to blame for him being concussed. Hit the open, Christian. On your mark. Get set. Go. You are listening to Ken LaVica Live. What? Did we just become best friends? Yup. You want to go do karate in the garage? Yup. Turn it up. Turn it up. Now, live from the Anajar and Levine Accident Attorney Studios, it's Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 1063. It's never a good sign when you have any football player um, laying at midfield on the turf, fingers twitching in the air, body otherwise motionless in front of a, a captive audience, not just of all of the fans watching from home on their couches, not just from all of the fans that are watching inside of the stadium, but anybody, too, who's retweeting the video or all of these several replays that happened on Amazon Prime for Thursday Night Football as the Dolphins and the Bengals faced off last night. And that was the predicament not just for any football player, but for Tua Tungavailoa, the quarterback of the Miami Dolphins, who now we, we hear he's in good spirits. He has motion back, but for about 10 to 15 minutes there as he laid motionless on that field, it was not just disturbing, but it was angering for people who are football fans and beyond because we know more context to it about what just happened this past Sunday. We're going to get into all of that as well as who you should be not directing your blame at about Tua and this incident that happened that is just horrific for us all to see. But as you know right now, and you can tell by my voice, Ken Lavica out today on Ken Lavica Live. I'm Theo Dorsey, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29, sports anchor. You usually see me there. You're hearing me now from 12 to 2 here on Ken Lavica Live. And on this Friday, which usually it's a, it's a high-spirited Friday, it's a lot of energy, uh, we have a lot of fun. We just had a good Thursday night football game generally, and we're leading up into a huge weekend. Usually spirits super high, um, but obviously with this dark cloud hanging over us, we're still here to give you some radio and talk to you. I got Cyrus Whittig here, um, high school hysteria host, football night in South Florida host, host of ESPN West Palm tonight, co-host of the Boca Bowl weekly show, roofclaim.com, Boca Raton show. I mean, Cyrus Whitting here, talk some football. I got Jeanette Javier, the Dominican diva, who you hear here on Ken LaVica Live on Wednesdays and Thursdays and also Fridays um, sometimes as well. And she has so many magical things she does, not just making um, other fans of teams like the Packers read soliloquies on Instagram, which should be coming soon, right? Yeah, but luckily for me, I'm out next week. Oh, so. So I'm not. You're not going to have to for a while. Pay up I can still that. get my emotions intact. I'm not good with those. Well, you before forced, reading it, you forced Tyree Smith to have to wear the Tom Brady Buck socks on TV a couple. I weeks don't ago. think I forced him. I think he secretly enjoyed it. You think so? Absolutely. Who doesn't want to rep Tom Brady? We'll, we'll have to figure that out. We'll have to figure that part out. And then we got Christian Cat running the boards. Ken Levicka, Stone Lebanowitz, both out today, guys. Um, it is. It's painful to relive. It was very tough. Um, as we were watching on Thursday Night Football on Amazon Prime um, as the Bengals, again, Bengals-Dolphins in Cincinnati as Tua late there motionless in the second quarter. And, and if for me, the game really ended right there. My enjoyment of watching the game kind of ended right there because it shifted to a concern for what in the heck 
just really played out here in front of our eyes. Mm-hmm. It also was tough to watch the rest of the game because of how often Prime Video was jumping to the replay of Tua's fingers twitching and zooming in on Tua's reaction to having what was obvious to us as being a concussion. And that was the most disgusting part of it all is it's a terrible injury, but the way Amazon Prime handled it, zooming into the fingers and doing it repeatedly, going over it, it I thought that was extremely distasteful to Tua uh, and the Dolphins organization. There's no need to do that. Yeah. It looked horrible. We saw it once. Uh, something's going on. Let it rest. Let the situation have some dignity. I, I And I hear you on that, Jeanette, and I think that's where a lot of the Twitter sphere went. That's where a lot of even the people I was sitting and enjoying the game with, I was at a buddy's house. We were watching it together, myself, my fiance, him and his wife, and they kept pleading for us to not see more and more replays of two on the ground like that. But the more I thought about it, not just last night, but kind of, you know, in the wake of all of this this morning, as I think about how we continuously try to turn the blind eye to what football is and how dangerous a sport it can be and how ridiculously ignorant we are with these kind of injuries time and time again, I don't think Amazon Prime and Prime Video and whatever directors and producers that decided to continuously um, go over our heads over and over again with the replay of Tua on the ground, I think that is misdirected anger. I don't think we should be mad at them for displaying to us again. This is like a lightning rod. He's already a lightning rod character as an NFL quarterback right now. This concussions, the the deep, dark cloud that hangs over and looms over not just the NFL but all of football at every level, this is already something that we try and try to, you know, veer away from and not discuss. They're showing us what happened out there over and over again. I don't think, and, and, and this is really my, my biggest opinion on it all in the backlashes, we try to continue to figure out and hope that Tua is um, okay. And the reports are that he did fly back with the team. He did leave the hospital and fly back with the team. Um, so, And he's in good spirits, and he has movement in his extremities, which he didn't have last night when they carted him off the field. But going forward here, I believe this misdirected anger at Amazon Prime for showing us those replays time and time again, why are we getting mad at them for being the messenger right now? Because they overdid it. Did they overdo it? They absolutely overdid it. Or did the it. Miami they Dolphins overdo it? They showed it every break. I'm not angry at yeah. Amazon Prime essentially for the situation. They have nothing to do in a they're they're showing they, us what the Dolphins and the job. NFL they're showing us what the Dolphins and the NFL, the position that they put to a tongue Valoa in as a, not just a player, but the starting quarterback for the team. They're showing us time it's because if they don't play that replay over and over again, what everybody wanted to do was veer away from that, not think about that, and just think about the game that was being played out. The game ended. That Thursday night football game ended, and for what it mattered, the result of it, obviously the Bengals ended up winning by a couple scores. That didn't really matter. What really mattered was not just the blind eye that people wanted to turn to it, but the blind eye that the medical team, whoever cleared him to play on a Thursday night after suffering what looked like an obvious concussion on Sunday, and his own coaches who have repeated this back injury stuff to us over and over again. I think that's the blind eye we should be mad at. Cyrus, where were you when you watched this kind of play out, and what was your take on all of the replays over and over again we kept seeing on Prime Video? Uh, Theo, thanks for bringing that up, because I think it, it's it's not something I had thought about until now. But, look, the NFL is 
a brutal game, one of the most brutal sports, brutal leagues on the planet in terms of physicality and, and viciousness. And and these guys are just freaks of uh, you know freaks of nature when it comes to their their size and speed. And it, it's it seems to me like sometimes we want to have in the NFL have our cake and eat it too. You know, we we want the big hits, we want the jaw dropping plays, but also on the other side, we don't want to see the brutality that comes with it. And and I understand, I totally understand where Jeanette's coming from in terms of you know respect to you know uh, Tua's family and friends. And luckily, his parents were at the game, not because they had to see it, but just so they could be with their son. Yeah. Uh, in in a time of need, but and I, and I saw I understand Jeanette's point about. Not want not wanting to show you know outright or inappropriate violence on television, but it's like, hey, this is this is the sport. Like this is what these guys are subjected to. And if we want to talk about concussions and CTE and and have a and bring all these things into the light of day and speak about them openly, then yeah, we should see. You got to see we, it. We sh- we should see this stuff because we got to you know not how the sausage is made, but a lot of times you got to see the the inconvenient truth of it all. I mean. Going back to your original question, I'm watching the game on my couch, and initially when the first few times they showed the replay, I didn't really know what I was seeing at first. You know, when I saw Tua go down, I didn't realize how hard he, he slammed his head, and then I saw his, his, his hands in front of his face, and I thought he, it was, he was more looking at his hands as, in, as the way a baseball player looks at his glove or, or a hockey player yeah. looks at his stick when he's like, ah, you know, or a, or a golfer looks at his... Uh, his putter when he's in frustration made a bad throw. Yeah, and then he didn't. You know, he didn't move. We all know what happened next. He was so, out cold. So, so disgusting. Uh, initially, I didn't know what to make of it. I understand where Jeanette's coming from, but also I appreciate. I think it's a great point by you, Theo, that w- we have to see the brutality of the game. We we can't you know wipe this stuff on, under the rug and just move on. You know, we got to see what these guys go through and and. And unfortunately, we, we had to see it in the worst possible way last it's, night. It's the only thing that gets people to act, especially here sure. in America, and especially with the amount of digital media, the amount of the short amount of attention spans. Like, you think about anything, even with the Alvin Kamara talk before the season, what was everybody saying about Alvin Kamara potentially being suspended for the bar incident? Oh, is the video going to come out? Is the video going to come out? Are we going to see it? Because they knew that would be the thing that levied the suspension on Alvin Kamara. Not the act that we already have the details on what happened. Is the video going to come out? Whenever an incident happens, people move faster. People move quicker. People move with more momentum when they see it. So for me, and we're going to ask the question here today, who is not to blame? Who is not to blame for the Thursday Night Football debacle that ended in Tua Tungabailoa being carted off um, with a concussion? Who is not to blame in this incident? And for me, the the overriding people that I see that continuously are being dunked on, talked about, criticized, are the people at Prime Video who only showed us, only opened the window up and showed us exactly what it is that we worship, celebrate, and watch on a night-in and night-out basis. My anger is not directed at Amazon Prime. They yeah. were doing their job. Like you said, it is a messenger, and it is their job to show what's happening on the field. Yeah. Tua's injury happened on the field. Yeah. Cool. But my anger is directed at someone else. Who is it, though? That's the thing. Because I guess we can sit here and play the blame game all day, and that's going to be a lot of it. People are going to talk about, oh, the Dolphins should have held him back. Oh, Tua should have known not to step out there. Oh, the medical staff, the independent uh, you know, doctor that the NFL provides. 
There's plenty of blame to go around. There's a lot of shared blame. My question is who is least to blame in all of this? And I believe, I mean, it could just be me being guy that sticks up for the media, whatever. I don't care. But I do believe Amazon Prime should not be getting as far. They're getting torn to pieces. A lot of these people are going directly at them all over Twitter. I don't think Amazon Prime should be in the crosshairs right now. No, I think the independent examiner. From Sunday. From the NFL so, should be the guy everybody's angry with right now. And that's a good point because as we walk through the layers of this, and in just a few minutes we're going to have um, Mike Tannenbaum, um, ESPN NFL insider Mike Tannenbaum, join the show to talk a little bit about this and just the NFL at large. Um, but if we if we dial it back, because a lot of this has to do with context, right? So as I was watching Thursday Night Football alongside my fiance Ashley, she was trying to figure out why it was such a big deal that Tua – had got concussed. We've seen disgusting injuries time and time again in the NFL, college football, whatever. She was trying to figure out why did I think, oh my goodness, the whole show tomorrow just got written. Like, mm-hmm. we, like why is this such a shape-shifting thing? And I had to explain to her just four days ago, Tua Tungalavailoa, and this is getting investigated right now by the NFLPA. Mm-hmm. This Rightfully is so. Investigated. They're invest, but they're not even investigating Thursday night football. They're that's investigating what I, that's, that's what I keep saying. What happened on Sunday? Thinking. Yes. So on Sunday, if people don't recall that Tua was hit on a play, his head hit the ground. He got up. He shook the cobwebs off with his head. He never reached for his back. Never showed as if he had back concerns at all. It looked like he was concussed. He stumbled back to the huddle. And then we saw him come back out there and complete the game. He did step out for a while. Teddy Bridgewater came in. He was evaluated. And not only did the, doc- the Dolphin staff, also the independent, um, the independent doctor that the NFL provides, also cleared him. He, never, he cleared concussion protocols, and he plays just four days later. And anybody watching that, and we'll also bring in um, some, some takes from people that are actual doctors or people that actually do this for a living, believe that those were – concussion-like symptoms that he had on Sunday night. Mm -hmm. So for him to turn around and play on a short week on Thursday night football and to suffer a concussion that had him out cold where he had to be laid back on a stretcher and he was motionless for the – like you saw as Mike McDaniel, even at the end, you know, usually you get a little thumbs up or anything. Tua was out. Nothing. Yeah. Tua was out cold. And for that to happen to a franchise quarterback – 3-0. On – on in prime time, 15 million viewers – 3-0 3-0 Dolphins team, nothing else to watch. It's Thursday night. We're all watching this, and we know the context behind it. It's disgusting. It's nothing short of disgusting, and I think the, the smallest part of blame pie should go to Amazon Prime. It's all on the shoulders of the coaching staff for the Dolphins. It's all on the shoulders. I mean, some of this, Tua shoulders some mm, of the blame as well. I don't know. I think we need I, more I context. I don't think. Tua shoulders some of the blame as well, which I, I think we can get man, into. Man, I don't, I don't know. I think I, I, I would say – the the person that shoulders the least of the blame is is Tua. Yeah, um, not you know I I and then we can look we we want to talk to Mike Football, T. Yeah, and and I know you know we want to hit a break soon, so I don't want to get into my spiel, but but I think that's that's something you you bring up. And look, I I've, I've been a played college football myself certainly not even close to the level where, yeah. where these guys are playing but you know at any level of football I don't care if you're four years old or 45 like Tom Brady injuries happen so you know that's something I, I would you know like to talk about in the show as, as well because yeah. you know if because I think it's 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 an interesting Tua certainly does play a part in and um, it's something that we should definitely discuss. Well, well, let's let's get Mike Tannenbaum in right now, uh, ESPN Insider, who who joins Ken Levick alive on a weekly basis here. Myself, Theo Dorsey, filling in for Ken. We got Cyrus, Jeanette, 
and Christian producing. Mike T, first and foremost, who do you think – there's a lot of blame to go around for what happened um, last night in Thursday Night Football with Tua. Who do you think is least to blame? I see a lot of criticism going out there to Amazon Prime for showing the replay to us 20 times and times again. For you, who's least to blame for just this being such a spectacle with Tua uh, getting carted out last night? Yeah, you know, first of all, it's a tragic situation, and hopefully he's okay. I think it actually goes back a week ago where he got hurt against the Bills, and when you just look at it from sort of like a layman, it looked like his gross motor instability, guys, was caused by you know uh, a head issue, a head trauma, which is if there's a neurological event, he should not have been allowed to play. Now he was clear to play, and I'm sure. You know, the Miami Dolphin doctors were very thorough and accurate in what they were doing. So one of the things we should point out is he returned to game and played really well. He spoke to the media after the game and seemed to be okay. He was playing well against the Bengals last night. So um, I think it's important that, you know, we let the facts play out. Um, but I think, you know, it was such a tragic situation. One idea, guys, would be is, you know, if a player has, like, those gross motor instability in terms of like when he, it's clearly he was he couldn't walk, he should be ruled ineligible. And the only way that's going to happen, guys, is if there's a jointly agreed upon change to the collective bar agreement between the NFL and the NFLPA. Mike T, I, I have a question specifically about that because the NFLPA is now obviously still trying to investigate what actually happened Sunday, let alone what happened Thursday night. How do you think that? impacts the investigation that is supposed to be starting up today because now there's it seems like this is further evidence that Tua might have had some kind of a head injury there on a Sunday night? Yeah, no, it's a great question. And and the whole, like, this system started roughly in 2017, guys, and then it was uh, revised in 2020. And the whole idea of it is to have checks and balances, meaning that um, there's always going to be perceived biases of anything. I'm not talking about the Dolphins. I'm just saying, like, the 32 teams as a whole – so when you have a UNC, which is an unaffiliated neurotrauma consultant, they are jointly approved by both the league and the union, and this investigation will be done jointly as well and have oversight for both the league and the union, which is good because you want checks and balances. So you know, we have to let the facts play out, but they're almost two separate events from a standpoint that he went back in the game, he played well, he spoke to the media, he played well in the Bengal game until he got hurt, um, but again, I think the one thing that should be changed is if a player looks the way the Tua did is just make him ineligible. You know, make it really simple, guys, right? Just have a bright line because, you know, what happened last night was just it was hard to look at. It was tragic. And, you know, obviously, first and foremost, let's just hope that, you know, Tua is okay long term. Yeah, Mike T, Cyrus Wittig here. Um one thing I was I was looking at the just looking back and reading over the the NFL's concussion protocols and one of their no go uh, rules is is um, you know gross motor instability if observed if if observed at any point no return to play but there's an asterisk there you know it's determined by a team physician in consultation with the UNC to be neurologically caused caused so you know even though it obviously looked like you know there was no gross there there was certainly gross motor instability. We saw him get up from that hit, stumble, and, and almost fall down again. You know, I, I guess that goes back to them saying that that gross motor instability was not because of the head injury and it was because of the, the back injury that they claimed in, in the post game that we heard about last week. Yeah, exactly. That's the, the question slash issue, which is the way the rules are written right now is 
if you have gross motor instability, um, the return to play threshold is whether or not that was caused by a neurological incident or not. And, and again, clearly just watching it as a layman, it certainly looked that way. But the experts said otherwise. And I think that's, again, what they're investigating is to double check that, you know, those protocols were, you know, completely followed. And, um, you know, we're just, we, we don't know, you know, the result of that investigation yet. We got Mike Tannenbaum here on Ken Levick Alive, former EVP of football ops for the Dolphins, former GM of the Jets, uh, NFL insider for ESPN. Mike T, I, I, I got to ask you, too, how, how bad is this for the NFL and the Dolphins to happen? Because it didn't just happen in a primetime game. It happens on Thursday night football on short rest, a game, a day of the week that's already heavily cr- criticized by players and by fans for having high injury risks. And then you have this, the worst injury that could possibly happen, happen to a franchise quarterback. Like how bad of a moment is this just optics-wise for the NFL? Yeah, it's, it's obviously, it's terrible. I mean, you know, it's a national televised game. You have a player that's, you know, on a stretcher. You know, I'm also a father. My son plays football. You know, your mind goes to really you know, bad places, and, you know, this is a game that we all love, and you, you want rules to make it as safe as possible within reason. And, again, you know, the most important thing is you, you hope two is okay long-term, and certainly the initial indications are that's the case. Um, but it was uh, it was really, you know, it was a bad moment. You know, one other thing just on a similar topic, um, just changing it slightly, is the other thing I found to be super interesting was the Dolphins, you know, beat Buffalo in a great game, you know, four days ago, they played 90 plays on defense. And last night it was a one-score game, and they were outscored 13 to nothing in the fourth quarter. And I was just thinking, like, if conditioning had anything to do with it where, you know, their defense finally just wore down given the fact that they were playing, you know, two games within four days. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought that up because I wanted to shift focus to and maybe end on a good note here and, and talk about the football that actually played out for those of us that did stick around and watch the rest of that Thursday night football game that the Bengals ended up winning, um, does any of what you saw, because the, the Bengals and the Dolphins, um, both on different trajectories so far this year, the Dolphins came out of the gate swinging hard, like you said, beating the Bills in a, in a tough fight, looking like a real AFC Super Bowl contender, potentially, and the Bengals who were just in the Super Bowl last year, kind of been limping out of the gates. Does anything that you saw in this Thursday night football game tell you more about either team or like you just alluded to was it more of a okay short rest for the Dolphins who were on the field a lot and also I mean it couldn't have helped that Tua got carted off not just losing your starting quarterback but also how players were emotionally so is there anything we can actually take from this Thursday night football outcome yeah I think a couple things stood out to me one is I think the Miami run defense is is excellent I mean it's outstanding you know Joe Mixon's long run was seven yards like that's Mm. Great scheme. That's great personnel. That was really impressive. Um, and then I thought, you know, Joe Burrow made enough plays in the pocket where, you know, the Miami has a very aggressive defense. They blitz a lot, obviously, with a high degree of success. Um, but since I was able to make a couple big plays that sort of changed the game, um, look, I think it's two evenly matched teams. And, uh, you know, I just it was watching that game. It just kind of felt like it was going to be a one play game. And I think, you know, Bridgewater's interception late certainly seal the game. I mean, you're thinking like, okay, like, is Miami going to kick a field goal here, make it a two-point game, or are they going to take a league with a touchdown? Like, you just kind of felt like it was going to come down to the end. So um, I think these are two teams that are, like I said, evenly matched, and if they play ten times, maybe, you know, each team would win five. 
That's uh, that's uh, I like that angle on it, and I did. I was super impressed by that Dolphins run D. Uh, Mike T, I know you're busy, man. You got stuff to do before you go. Can you tell us a little bit about Greco Chevrolet? Yeah, talking about people that are great at what they do. Uh, Greco Chevrolet, uh, Ron and his crew uh, do an incredible job. It's a great car buying experience. I bought a lot of cars for them guys. They're conveniently located on Federal Highway in Delray Beach. They have new certified pre-owned used cars all reasonably priced, great service. It's a great car buying experience. Thank you, man, and this was a good. I appreciate your time. Enjoy your Friday afternoon. Uh, Mike Tannenbaum there on Ken Levicka Live. Thanks again, Mike. All right. Thanks, guys. That was Mike T, ESPN Insider, former executive vice president of football ops for the Dolphins, former general manager of the Jets. And he says, you know, good, some good news, a little um, silver lining for Dolphins fans who, again, if you can find any out of a Thursday night football loss, but also watching your quarterback get carted off and, and which was just a tragic and sad display. Uh, the run defense looking good. That Dolphins team still, you know, when Tua does get back, everybody's back getting, getting their wits about them. Um, this Dolphins team still does look like a team that can contend. And maybe the defense was just a little worn out in the second half. And also – Emotionally, I can you know I can only imagine. Yeah, I mean, what it's like. You talked about Mike T mentioned ninety plays against the Bills, and the, the Dolphins ran what thirty nine plays to the the Bills ninety, which I think was the biggest play discrepancy in terms of uh, plays run versus plays run against, if yeah. you will, since two thousand and two. So so really just completely out of the ordinary. And, and then you consider the heat that the Dolphins uh, were playing in this past week. I know that was a point of contention early on this week in Ken Levick alive, but uh, got to take that into consideration. And then and add the rest, and then the distraction of the hurricane too. I mean, yeah, talk about. Yeah. I mean, just talk about a, a crazy week and uh, an unfortunate, you know, kind of set of circumstances that have sur- then surrounded this game. Yeah, and, and a lot of circumstances, not just for that Thursday night, but when we return, we're going to speak specifically to the events leading up to it, and even revisit what happened on Sunday. Uh, before we go, I want you to join Gingling and ESPN West Palm this Sunday, October second, at the Stadium Grill in Jupiter. For your football Sunday, one to three. I believe it's me that's going to be kicking it with you guys. So come and hang out. Or is it me or you, Jeanette? It's you. I'm out of the state. It's me. It's me, Theo Dorsey. So come hang out with me and enjoy $3 of Yingling or Yingling flight. And while you're there, register to win some awesome prizes, including a pair of Dolphins tickets and the branded Yingling cooler. Yes, it comes with some beer. Must be 21 or over. It's presented by Yingling, America's oldest brewery. And my favorite in college, please drink responsibly. Cyrus Wittick here, Jeanette Javier, I'm Theo Dorsey. We're live on ESPN 106.3. Ken Levick alive without Ken and Stone, but we're still getting to the top. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken Levick alive on ESPN 106.3. Here's a tweet from Josina Anderson um, three hours ago. I'm told Dolphins quarterback Tua Tungavailoa traveled back with the team in a neck brace. All initial scans were negative. Nothing broken. We'll have MRI when he gets back per a league source. I'm sure Tungavailoa was comforted by having family at the game and at the hospital. Uh, Dolphins quarterback Tua Tungavailoa suffered a concussion um, was carted out of last night's Thursday night loss against the Bengals in Cincinnati. Um, again, we were told now he has feeling in his body, in his extremities, and he's in good spirits. Um, don't know again when we'll see him on the football field. Don't know if I actually care because I hope it's not the following week. Um, and I hope they do, Mm-mm. you know, smarten up about the way that they attack 
concussions and head injuries? Because I feel like we've been having this conversation for like the past two decades. So I don't understand how we're still screwing this up, right? Like, well, that's the biggest issue. It's what we thought we've made progress in this conversation, but it's about to go down. Yeah. If it shows that no, people are still circumventing circumventing this actual situation at hand. The problem is we're we're so competitive. Like at the center of all of this is not just competitiveness; it's really greed. If you think about it, like the For Miami sure. Dolphins put Tua out there because they wanted to win a football game, right? Like Two in a row because you put them out there for the Bills and then out yeah. last night as well. Yeah, they, they wanted to be competitive in the football games. Though you did get a, a competent backing uh, backup quarterback in, in Teddy Bridgewater, Tua gives you the best chance to win. They're competitive guys. Tua trotted himself out there on Thursday night and again coming back into that game on Sunday, which we'll revisit some of that um, with the apparent quote-unquote back injury because he's competitive. And he wants to go on for his guys and show him that he's a warrior and he's going to step between the lines and give it his all. So you can't really knock Tua, per se, for having that warrior-like mentality. Because, Cyrus, you're a guy that, that played football as well a lot and a lot longer than I did. Like, people expect you to toughen up, right? People expect you to go out there and play hurt. And yeah. that's what Tua likely went out there and did. Yeah, we talked about earlier, you know, who do, who do we not blame in this situation? And I would say... I definitely don't blame Tua because one, if you know your your job is is not he's to be he's the quarterback. He, he's his job is to set the tone and and be the leader for the team and and tough it out. And that's unfortunately how you gain the respect of a lot of teammates in in football. It's just a game about you know being tough and and playing through pain sometimes. And look, if if I'm if I'm Tua and an independent neurologist, you know, says that I am cleared to play yeah. and I and I feel fine, which which I'm sure he did, then. I'm gonna play. It's 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 not that it's not that complicated because it's you know, especially and you got to consider. I don't think it's necessarily peer pressure, but there's just there's just aches and pains that and stuff you go through in football. Yeah, and there's there's you know an expected uh, there's an expected well, performance you have to live up to, and especially like you said as the as the quarterback. You know, you're trying to win a, a game, and, and in this case, against the Bills. You know, a, a significant division rival. You're trying to, you're two and zero. You're trying to set the tone for your season. You're trying to put your guys on the map, taking the next step with your franchise. And again, if, if someone says to Tua, or if I'm in Tua's shoes, hey, you're good to go. Yeah, I'm taking yeah. your word for it. He, he's gonna go, and also he knows that his guys. Are, I mean, there's guys that were out there playing banged up. There's guys that were on the injury report, and if you're Tua yourself. Again, that's the that's part of the issue with these with these head injuries. That's part of the issues with concussions in general is you can feel fine yeah. afterwards and still have these lingering symptoms that can be reaggravated by again what like what we saw last night. So I, I think it's all context is important in this. For sure. If if this happens to Tool on Thursday night football and what happened Sunday didn't happen, then we're looking at this in a whole nother angle. You know what I'm saying? Like that dictates everything about the conversation surrounding what happened Thursday night. So I think it's most important that we revisit Sunday, which eerily happened around the same time in the game on Sunday, second quarter. Tua was hit on a play where he got thrown down. His head hit the ground. He got up, shook the cobwebs off, wobbled back, stumbled, exited the game, was cleared, and came back. Afterwards, at first when it was reported as a head injury, the Dolphins said it was actually a lower back injury. Tua corroborated that, and I think it's important to go back and listen to exactly. So I, I think we should listen to Tua um, from Sunday afternoon 
Uh, we didn't get, obviously, to a postgame from Thursday because of the situation. But Sunday, he was able to come back. The Dolphins win the game over the Bills, and he addressed the media after the game talking about what we thought was a head injury, but it was an apparent back injury. Listen to what Tua had to say on it. Just kind of break down what happened with um, toward the end of the first half with you getting shoved, you hit your head. Team said it's a head injury, but now um, Mike just said it was a back injury. said your back was kind of loose. What happened from your perspective? Yeah, um, on the quarterback sneak, uh, it kind of got, got my legs caught under someone, and then they were trying to push, push back and then kind of felt like I hyperextended my back or something. Um, and then on the next play, um, I kind of hit hit my back and kind of, you know, kind of hurt. And then I got up, and then that's kind of like why I stumbled. My back kind of locked up on me. Um, but for the most part, you know, um, I'm good past whatever concussion protocol uh, they had. So I'm good. Now, I kind of actually want to listen to that back again. And, and remember, listen to what the reporter asks Tua. Again, this is Sunday following the game where he went out with what looked like a head injury. They called it a back injury, and that's what allowed him to come back even though he was displaying signs of concussions. Listen to what the reporter asked him. He asked him specifically about the play where his head hit the ground. Listen and and take note to how often Tua refers to his back, which didn't get hit on that play. It was his head that hit the ground on that play. The back injury, the quote-unquote back injury, supposedly happened the play before. The reporter asks him specifically about the play with his head. Listen in and, and notice how often Tua actually mentions his head hitting the ground or any kind of head injury at all. Just kind of break down what happened with um, toward the end of the first half with you getting shoved, you hit your head. Team said it's a head injury, but now um, Mike just said it was a back injury. said your back was kind of loose. What happened from your perspective? Yeah, um, on the quarterback sneak, it uh, kind of got – kind of got my legs caught under someone and then they were trying to push push back and then kind of felt like I hyperextended my back or something um, and then on the next play um, I kind of hit hit my back and kind of you know kind of hurt and then I got up and then that's kind of like why I stumbled my back kind of locked up on me um, but for the most part you know um, I'm good past whatever concussion protocol uh, they had so Cyrus, Jeanette, I mean, it sounds like a company line to me when I listen back to that. It sounds like they decided ahead of time, hey, talk about the back. Don't bring up the head. Talk about the back. Huge PR move. So it sounds like, hey, Tua, you're cleared. Let's not instigate the conversation. Why don't we discuss the back injury instead of building a narrative that has anything to do with the concussion? Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, and, and you go back and just look at the play. Obviously, can't do that uh, in this form of media, but <laughs> but two would never reach us for the back. And, and, and I, I mean, and unfortunately, I, I've had I've been getting back procedures done on my on my lower back for mm. 15 years now. I've thrown my back out so many times, you know, and this is just wear and tear from playing football. Old man, side that that I mean, I, at one point I had I couldn't I couldn't get dressed standing up. Yeah, because but and I, every time I'd reach for my back. And kind of, and just because when you hurt your back, you reach for your back. When I hurt your back, you you reach for your back. You're you're not, I'm not shaking my head like, you know, trying to get the cobwebs out. It's just, look, I I don't know. Everybody's, everybody and everybody is different, but like, I've never seen a, a back injury when somebody doesn't indicate that 
their back is they hurting them at all. They I mean, you reach for all, your yeah. back. You say, what is going on back there? I, I know somebody that cor- can corroborate that old guy, Cy, because we're going to bring in now old man Ken. Old man Ken, who's on line one. Uh, he called in. He said his name was old man What's Ken. This? this is Ken Levick alive. Uh, Ken, can you relate to Cyrus on these back injuries? When you get a back injury, do you reach directly for the back? How does that work? Because I'm still kind of in my youth, but you guys are. And and what is you doing being on your show when you're not even here? <laughs> oh, is that who that is? Well, I do have. I do want to start this. Theo, are you a neurologist? No, I'm not a neurologist. Thanks. Uh, Jeanette, are you a neurologist? No. Thanks for reminding me. Cyrus, what about you? Have you ever taken classes? Have you ever gotten your PhD in neurology? No, just uh, one intro to psychology class. <laughs> I go to therapy yeah. every week. Does so we're count? just all armchair quarterbacking neurology. That's what we're doing. So we can sleuth the company line from Tua. We can break down the press conference. But at the end of the day, we don't have a damn isolated, solitary clue what we're talking about when it comes to Tua's condition what it was when he went through and successfully passed concussion protocols, and then what it was going into last night's game. We just don't. Ken, do you think then that the concussion protocol might be e- too easy to pass then? I mean, do you? Yeah. I know you're not a neurologist yeah. either. Um, so do you think maybe the concussion protocols are just little softball questions to get people back on the field? Yeah, I think that the NFL concussion protocols are soft. Yeah. I think that it's very loose. I think it's very undefined. But that also means that the Dolphins did absolutely nothing wrong in the process of doing this. It means Tua did absolutely nothing wrong in the process of doing this. Mike McDaniel sure as hell did nothing wrong in the process of trying to get him uh, cleared. So, yeah, I think this is on the NFL. But to say the Dolphins are at fault is preposterous. So, so, I, I know, so we can all agree that maybe the Dolphins aren't the ones that are at fault. And I know you want to protect your franchise because this is, I mean, this would hurt your fandom. As no, we no, no, no. It's about common picks. sense, Dave. It's not about protecting the franchise. It's about, it's about common sense. It's about understanding what the procedure is, which is an independent, third-party, unaffiliated doctor that goes through this, that clears the player through the concussion protocol. That, to a pass. Okay, so if the NFL wants to define that any involuntary movement or any motor skill impairment means a player sits and they're done, then do it. But that's not currently the way that it's laid out. So that has nothing to do with protecting the franchise, nothing to do with protecting the Dolphins. This is absolutely the Dolphins going through the proper protocols and putting them on the field based on the NFL, the NFLPA, which, by the way, that third-party doctor, the NFLPA is investigating what happened. They hired the doctor, per Adam Schefter. Yeah. It, the, the investigation's coming from inside the house. I hate to say it to DeMora Smith, but he did as good a job with this, apparently, as he did with the procedure to punish uh, players for conduct like he did uh, when he lost the negotiation and a 17th game was put on the schedule. So, listen, like it's easy. The Dolphins are easy targets because they're clunky and ham-handed, and Stephen Ross is their owner. But in this one... I think it is really, really a case of a lot of people thinking they're an expert on something where they really don't know the particulars. So, but the problem, there's a, there's a line of delineation between, I don't know if you're, we're saying the Dolphins are at fault, but do you think it was responsible to put Tua back out there four days after he had something that looked a little bit like a concussion? Did he pass protocols? Did he show concussion symptoms? Is it responsible? Did he go through, I mean, by, you're saying it's legal. It's it's by the rule book. Is it responsible? Those are two different things. I don't know. 
I, no, probably not. I, I mean, you can make a case it wasn't, but this is also a billion-dollar industry that depends on wins and losses. If the player says he's fine and the trainer says he's fine, it's not Mike McDaniel's decision to say, oh, well, I don't know because um, I, I, I'm really worried about his little head. No, if, he, if the experts, if the people who are in charge and that individual are saying, hey, uh, he's good to go, we show no, no reason why he can't play, then you put them on the field. This is, this is the NFL. It's a gladiator sport. It's a violent game. Sometimes these things happen. It's unfortunate. It's scary. It was really disturbing last night, but the fact of the matter is there are plenty of other coaches in that situation who do the exact same thing with every single franchise in the league. So how do you think the investigation should go? I think the NFLPA should be lapped out of the room us thinking that there's going to be an investigation that's actually going to yield something because they're the ones who are at fault. They're investigating themselves. Awesome. Great. Uh, we saw that happen with the Washington Commanders. Uh, independent investigations. Perfect. So what I think is going to happen is the NFL is going to find some insane reason to fine the Dolphins uh, an unspecified amount of money. They are going to next year at the owners' meetings completely change what the concussion protocols are, and then people are going to take cheap shots at the Dolphins over and over and over and over again. That's how this. That's how that investigation is going to go. But doesn't so? So I think we're on the same page here because I do think the Dolphins are going to get scapegoated, and like you said, they're an easy target. I mean, they're a team that literally. I mean, Stephen Rossi, who you brought up, wasn't even allowed in the building last night in Cincinnati because of his own wrongdoings from uh from this past offseason. So for you then. After, because we know it's going to happen. So after the Dolphins get scapegoated and they get whatever penalty and fine, at the end of the day, what is is it worth it? At the end of the day, what is the resolution? Because if they do change the concussion protocol because of this happened on a national spotlight game, because it happened to a player that had again, we're not neurologists. Ken reminded us that we failed at our dreams. We didn't. We didn't pass enough Your science dreams. classes. I didn't want to be a neurologist. I really wanted to get in there, man. A lot of money in that. But so we don't know if it was concussions that he suffered from Sunday, but. We do know that they trotted him back out there after all of that. So is it at the end of the day, is it worth it what the Dolphins did because we're going to get some kind of conclusion or good results and they're going to get scapegoated by the NFL? Like, what happens at the end of all of this? Well, it's not worth it because it ultimately has cost to a, who knows how many games this season and may have an adverse effect on his career. Who knows however long that lasts. What I would say is that an easy solution is if you play on Sunday, you don't play on Thursday. I mean, th- that's the easiest solution, right? Like, that's the easiest thing the NFL could do was say, oh, uh, you played on a Sunday, then you don't play on a Thursday. They're, they're not going to get rid of Thursday games altogether. Thursday football is stupid, but they make a ton off of that. They have a new deal with Amazon Prime Video, so they're not getting rid of that. But uh, what they should do is say, uh, you only play on Thursday if you're coming off of a bye. They can figure that out. That should be the resolution. Probably won't be the resolution. Here's what's going to happen. A punishment will be handed down. We'll talk about it for a day. And guess what? Uh, the Super Bowl is coming. Yeah. And we're all going to get all football crazy. And we love football. And then we'll miss it during the offseason. Then we'll come back next year and we'll say, oh, God, thank you. Thank God. I, I, I'm getting my needs satiated. Uh, football is here. That's how this whole thing is going to transpire. It's going to be a memory a month from now. Yeah, I think I, I agree with Ken and in- there's so much hypocrisy with the NFLPA right now because of the, the 17th game that I don't think I, – I, I don't know. I'm a pretty big NFL fan, and I had really no interest in, in the 17th <laughs> game. And then, two, they, they've been – the players have – and talking about like Richard Sherman has complained about Thursday Night Football all of his life. Since and, he was playing. And, and, and then he's, yeah. you know, he's on, the, on the broadcast. So for the NFLPA to talk about player safety when I think they care about a, you know the, 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 the paycheck carries more weight, the NFL paycheck – and 
and, and viewership carries more weight than player safety. You know, my thing is, if, if, the, if the NFLPA had wanted to open an investigation from Sunday's game, shouldn't the NFLPA have exercised whatever power it has, if any, to say, look, we're not going to let Tua play until we finish an investigation on, on, on Sunday. Power. Yeah. They don't have that power, though, and that's the thing. That's why the whole thing was a sham from the start. Like, go ahead and investigate away, NFLPA. It is your doctor who is a reason why we're in this conversation. So, listen, like, it maybe, maybe the doctor was too lax. Maybe the Dolphins trainer exhibited um, poor judgment. But the fact of the matter is what this investigation, whatever it is, is going to conclude is that the Dolphins did nothing wrong based on protocols. And uh, I'm seeing that, and I've already talked to him, so I'll, t- I'll, I'll uh, put this out there. Josh Cohen, who you're going to listen to at 4 o'clock, he's proposing that maybe the independent doctor was co worst or potentially paid off to to let Tua back out on the field. That is the highest levels of tinfoil hat Trump voter fraud conspiracy right there. Like, get out of here. That's the equivalent of that from a football standpoint. It's so easy to, to get into our heads all of these wild, wild scenarios, and it's fun to make fun of the Dolphins. And listen, I mean, Theo, you know, Jeanette, you know, I sat for days and railed on Stephen Ross over the tampering and the Brady flirtation and all of that. So I'm not trying to protect anything here. What I'm saying is that uh, Tua is the most talked about player in the NFL. That's just a fact right now. He's the most divisive player in the NFL. And the Dolphins, because of their history, because of Stephen Ross being extremely reckless as an owner, become a very easy target. So that's why the pylon has happened. And it becomes trendy and it becomes easy to just say, well, they're dirty. They screwed up. Investigate them. Fire them. Find them. Take away draft picks. You have this neurologist from Boynton who got a forum with Levitard today. Chris Nowinski was saying, oh, Levy murder charges. Like, just maniacal, moronic stuff coming from people. Yeah, that's uh, that, that might be a little far, and I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because we were going to play a clip from him later, and I, I, maybe we uh, pump the brakes on that or at least recheck what he said in that. Um, but I, I guess lastly then, Ken, before we let you go, I know you're busy, um, you know, traveling with FAU football, getting ready for Saturday. Go Owls. As a as a as a That's Dolphins right. fan right now, as a Dolphins fan right now, just what is the feeling coming out of that Thursday night football game? Because this was supposed to be the coronation of the Dolphins on national television. This was hypothetically as a Dolphins fans going four and zero and doing it in Cincy against the reigning AFC champions. And right now, this just huge dark cloud hovers over all of that. Now, just what are your immediate feelings coming out of that? Yeah, there's no doubt it sucks. I mean, three and one is awesome. I mean, the the majority of quote-unquote analysts thought that the Dolphins would come out of the gates one and three. Tua has been MVP level so far. The Dolphins win last night if Tua remains in the game. If that play doesn't happen, I think the Dolphins win that game last night. But I'm not going to go full Bulls, uh, Bills fan making excuses about the sun and how they're in cahoots with the Dolphins, okay? So it, there is a dark cloud. That's a good way to put it. And it it's more so for me, the dark cloud is more so, is Tua going to be back in a reasonable amount of time? Is Tua going to be the same guy? Has he had that confidence he's getting shattered because, well, his head just doesn't feel right? Is he going to come out of this? Like, for me, the black cloud is all about Tua. You root for Tua. You want to see Tua succeed. You don't know what's going to happen to him after this. That's a potential. When you see a, a, a guy go into that fencing posture, you just don't know what they're going to be like coming out of that. And there's certainly plenty of of, of cases of that happening, and the person is fine, and they heal up. We won't see him for a couple of weeks. It does, though. 
just from a football perspective, it hurts because I think the Dolphins are the best team in the AFC East. And now you've got to go with a very unproven, unsure-looking Teddy Bridgewater, um, who hopefully he plays better knowing that he's QB1 and he's going to get the majority of reps in practice. But the offense clearly is not the same without Tua in there. And so they're going to absolutely need Teddy Bridgewater to step up and everybody, the supporting cast around them, to step up. The whole Dolphins season is completely, the complexion of it has completely changed after last night and for the worse. That is unequivocally true, and we'll see how the Dolphins recover from this. Uh, Ken, enjoy Texas. Uh, go Owls tomorrow, FAU at North Texas, 4 o'clock kickoff. Have a good broadcast, brother. All right, guys. See you next week. Yes, sir. That's Ciao. Ken. That's Ken Levicka uh, joining Ken Levicka live there, right there. I like a little bit of inception. Cyrus has. I, 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 I will say, you know, and I completely understand Ken, Ken's frustration in terms of just not not from an injury perspective or from a tour perspective, but just from a season perspective of the three and zero start now three and one. But I, I will say one thing to be optimistic about for the Dolphins is their next few games, their next six games are, are the the schedule is significantly Way easier easy. that was a tough start for than them. they started with New England, Baltimore, Buffalo, Cincinnati. Yeah. They go at the Jets, at home against Minnesota and Pittsburgh, then at Detroit, at Chicago versus Cleveland. Um, those yeah. are six very winnable games. Then they have a bye before the schedule heats up again. Um, so if, if you are you know looking ahead, it, it does lighten does lighten up for the Dolphins a little bit down the road. Yeah, it, it does. And, and you know what? It, it's going to be shifting to a good focus here, going to be a great weekend here because we have a big show coming to town. I'm feeling generous. I'm feeling generous after we all had to sit through that Thursday night football game. So we're going to be giving away some tickets, actually. Uh, I don't know if you guys have heard of Alice in Chains. Alice in Chains will be here tomorrow. I, I know you know him, Jeanette. I definitely know Alice in Chains. I know Alice in Chains, too. Of course, I, I came in here excited to talk to you about no, this. Yeah. Because Alice in Chains is going to be here tomorrow, um, October 1st, Saturday, obviously, 7 p.m., and I'm going to tell you how you can get those tickets. In fact, we're going to do the fourth caller um, Fourth caller here, 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. We got a four-pack mm-hmm. of lawn tickets. And Breaking Benjamin and Bush. Don't yeah. like, leave them out. Look, look, I, look, it's going to be a heck of a show. If you don't like your bank, come experience why members love I Think Financial. For more information, visit ithinkfi.com. I Think Financial, moving you forward. There's also the I Think Financial Amphitheater in West Palm Beach. That's going to be the site tomorrow as we have lawn tickets to see Alice in Chains. To see Alice in Chains, 888-760-3776. Call in. The fourth caller gets a four-pack of lawn tickets to see Alice in Chains. Don't miss your chance to see the legendary rock band perform live and visit LiveNation.com to get your tickets if you're not that lucky fourth caller. He's Cyrus Whitting. She's Jeanette Javier. I'm Theo Dorsey. We're live here on ESPN 106.3.